Attend the world's best business workshop led by America's number one business coach for free by subscribing on iTunes and leaving us an objective review. Claim your tickets by emailing us proof that you did it and your contact information to info at thrivetimeshow.com. Thrive Nation. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year. And today we're joined with Pastor Brian and Jesse Gibson and Aaron Antis, who is a non-pastor, but he is the marketing sales guy uh, for Shaw Homes, the largest home builder in Oklahoma. And because he's not a pastor, he's probably, you know, a pagan, probably has no core values. He's probably just he doesn't even care about morality at all. No, seriously, he, we have a business guy on the show. We have uh, pastors on the show. We want to make sure that everybody gets a little little bit of dose of what you're looking for. And one of the things everybody's looking for is to gain more customers, more members of your church. You want to grow. You're either growing or or dying, right? You're either ripe and rotten, green and growing. I mean, these are the things that businesses don't want to become stagnant. Churches don't want to become stagnant. You want to be like a river of life, not a pond. You don't want to be a stagnant pond. I like ponds. There are a lot of turtles in the ponds, and the pond scum is really sexy this time of year. No, you don't want that to happen. So you have to define your core story if you're going to resonate with people. What does that mean? Jonah Berger is a marketing professor at Wharton. Wharton Business College, he says, people don't think in terms of information. They think in terms of narratives. But while people focus on the story itself, information information comes along for the ride. Think about that for a second. People don't think in terms of information. They think in terms of narratives. But while people focus on the story itself, information comes along for the ride. This is a this is a this is a thought here. So, what you need to do is think about what is your core story. Thomas Edison, who couldn't be here today because he's dead, he said there is no expedient. You can't have dead people on the show. That's a weird show. No, there is. This is not coast to coast. Thomas Edison says there is no expedient to which a man will go to avoid the labor of thinking. Uh, okay, okay. So let's let's get into this for a second here. The story, Pastor Brian. Why did Jesus speak? Allegedly, in terms of stories, why did he share parables? Why didn't he just get out there and state facts? Like, you do this, you go to heaven. You do this, you go to hell. Boom, it's over. People listen to stories. They forget information. I can tell them a truth. I can get up and line out truth one after the next, after the next, after the next. Nobody remembers or is listening or cares to what I'm saying. But if I weave it into a story and I make it fun. It goes all the way back to our childhood. What do, what does every kid want his dad to do at night? I watched him do it with your family last night, Clay. We're out making s'mores. I was with Clay Clark making s'mores in a wet, soggy land that had been rained on. But with and, enough lighter fluid, we almost burned my wife's face, and we created a fire. Yes, he, he, he used so much lighter fluid, it was getting sporty out there. Vanessa had to sporty. Dump, bob and weave. But, but the kids say this to Clay. They say, tell us stories, Dad. Because stories are what it's all about. And and Jesus, the one that made us all, knew that. So the Bible says he didn't hardly talk at all. Come on without now. Without telling a story, a parable. So he makes up a story to illustrate a principle, and then that principle becomes portable. 
It's got to become portable so it can become powerful. Could you share with me one of your favorite Bible stories? Now, obviously, we have a show. We have certain time constraints. And we, here's the deal. We can go to the next segment if we have to. But I would like for you to share with me. Think about it. Here we go. Think about one of your favorite Bible stories. And you're a Bible historian. You studied theology at Oral Roberts University. And all the listeners listening to the Thrive Time show. Now, Portland is uh, predominantly liberal. So I'm there. sure we get a lot of people who are like, i got to change the station right now. But. Give us a story and and just share us the story because I want to get the moral. I want to I want to get the moral like the Cosby Show, but I need the story first. Well, I, I think the story that is fitting for this show right now, and, and I can't say I have a favorite Bible story because I, I love so many of them. But I love I love 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 the parable of the talents, and, and a talent is about a year's worth of wages. So we're not talking about what you can do. It's not a literal talent like in Western culture. It's it's an amount of money. And so here's what this guy does. He has these three people working for him and he takes three different amounts of money and he gives to them. Jesus told the story. I, I'm, uh, the master gives to them according to their ability. I believe there's a truth in life that God gives us what we can handle right now according to our ability. He gives one of them, I think, 10 talents. He gives the next one five talents and he gives the last one one talent. I didn't have any talent at all. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm without talent. And so then he tells him to go make money with the money I've given you. And so the first guy's a hustler. Come on, he's the kind of guy that'll rise and grind. He he's like the Jay-Z it. of this story. Yeah, he gets after it, man. So he takes those 10 talents and he makes them work. He, he's out selling. He's moving his product. He is uh, making a linear workflow. He's making things happen, right? Oh, he's Glenn Shaw then. Wow. He is Glenn Shaw. He's Glenn Shaw in life and uh, at Shaw Holmes. And so the 10 talent guy doubles the money. All right, five talent guy does the same thing. He's connected to probably 10 talent guy, sees his moves, steals them, keeps doing his thing, doubles the money himself. The last guy is a lazy guy. Lazy guy takes one talent, buries it in the ground because he doesn't want to lose it. He's afraid. He's afraid. Fear is what keeps you from telling somebody about your business. Fear is what keeps you from inviting somebody to your church. Fear is what keeps you from asking that girl you've been creeping on at the coffee shop out well, for me, like a month. Can right? I play that out real quick? Because yes. I remember going to high school, and what you do if you're in middle school is you, you, you get your eye on, on the dream woman. Oh, yeah. And you avoid her the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Because you have a, 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 a keen interest in dudes because you're in high school and you're afraid to ask. So you get towards, it's like 10 minutes before this, the last song is played. Oh, and now yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, they're playing some TLC, man. They're Come playing on. the TLC. This is a late, you know, early 90s here. Yeah. I cannot let them play TLC without asking her. It's go time. And you realize the parents are going to show up pretty soon. And as soon as the parents show up, we all scatter. Because we don't want to be, we don't want to actually admit that we had parents. Oh, no. So you look around the room and you realize the man next to you is not who you want to spend the last dance with. So you finally <laughs> ask, all the kids in middle school wait to the very end. And I see this in life, too. People wait till the very end to all of a sudden do everything. Because you want to wait till the end. You want to wait till the deadline. But what you're saying is, is to live a bold life. Absolutely. You know how I told Jesse, who's here, uh -oh. how, how I told Jesse that I, I wanted to date her, practically. I didn't just say I want to date you. Here's what I did. I went to her. I looked her in the eye. I said, all your friends are dorks. Drop them and hang out with them. Is me. that what you said? That, that's, that is exactly what I said, wasn't it, Jesse? It is true. All and I said, did that work? Okay. <laughs> she said, okay. okay. What? What? That yeah, worked? Yeah. Bold move. Bold move. Could have gone either way. Everybody likes a bold move, and so does the Lord. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that, that uh, God hates cowards. He loves everybody, but he hates the cowardice in men. So, so the last guy's a coward. He buries that talent. 
the master comes back, the 10-talent guy gets rewarded, five-talent guy gets rewarded, he's brought up, enter into the joy of the Lord. The one-talent guy, they take away what he has, and they give it to the 10-talent guy. Okay, if you're listening right now and you said, I, I want the boring stuff to that story, I don't want to know the story because that doesn't work for me. I just want to know what verse it is. That's Matthew 25, 14 through 30. When we come back, I want Pastor Jessie to share with us her favorite story. And then we're going to talk about how you can write your own story. Because people always tell people that when this is this is what happens. They say, Clay Clark, he's uh, kind of a eccentric business coach guy. Uh, where's the hat that says boom? Uh, where's the hoodie? Uh, got kicked out of college. Good guy, though. And they're like, I don't understand. A <laughs> great man. And so, yeah. And so all I would say is you have to have a core story that resonates with your ideal and likely buyers. People say, Tom's shoes. You, you buy a pair. You give a pair. I can't remember the name of the company, but it's you got to go find it. You know, and then that's what people do. People share those stories. So what is your core story? What's the core story for your church, for your business? We come back. We're talking more about core stories here at the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Attend the world's best business workshop led by America's number one business coach for free by subscribing on iTunes and leaving us an objective review. Claim your tickets by emailing us proof that you did it and your contact information to info at thrivetimeshow.com. Greetings, Thrive Nation, and welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio and podcast download. There are so many of you from all over the planet that download this podcast faithfully, and I appreciate you for doing that. And the only ask I have for you today is if you learn anything today, share it with somebody. Uh, just click the old share button, go to Thrive Time Show, find the podcast button, click share. Uh, I had a fun story today. I talked to a guy today who has been listening to the show for a long, long time, and what, let me know some of the systems he's been implementing. And it's just fun because I don't know who you are. I've never met you, but it's crazy that you're implementing a no-brainer and you're getting the results and you're doing these things. And for those of you who are our clients, uh, I'm so glad we can help you on this. And one of the things clients ask me all the time is they say is, how do I define my core story? I know that you, I should do it. I know you talk about it. I want to do it. But what does it mean to have a core story? Where a, co a core story is basically what people say it's how people communicate what your brand does. So let me just give you an example of some core stories I can think of uh, off the top of my head. Harleys. If you're describing Harley to somebody, you say, you know, I got a Harley. And they say, what's a Harley? If it's somebody new to our country, new to our planet, what is a, what is a Harley? You would say, it's like loud, it's massive, it's huge, it's inefficient, it's big. Uh, Tom's shoes, yes. you'd say, you buy a pair, they give a pair, boom. Apple, it's like... A bunch of hipsters wearing really tight pants. I worry about the guys. Their, their pants are too tight. Uh, they're too tight. Uh, or you have a lot of, uh, of hipsters hanging out. The, the, the computers are like three times, four times more than the PCs. The, the PCs, the personal computers, these things are, are, are not, no good. But these, 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 these Macs, they're almost like an art form themselves. They're very expensive. They're four times more money. They don't get viruses. And the guy who made it, Steve Jobs, was kind of a, a jerk but maniacal about details. And, and I, I just I like them. They're, clean, they're, they're simple. They're clean. What does that even mean, simple and clean? I don't know, but people say simple and clean. Apple, it just works. It's simple and clean. It just works. So what do people say about your brand? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We're, we're professional. That's not an option. We've uh, been around since 1922. Not an option. 
Uh, we do good customer service. Yeah, as opposed to your competitors who specialize in bad customer service. I mean, no. What do you do that makes you unique? Now, here's the thing. If you're not memorable, then you're invisible. And so Seth Godin, if you read the book, The Purple Cow, he would explain to you that if you do have a core story, it is going to make somebody mad because it's remarkable, which means it makes people remark. So, Pastor Jesse, is there a story that you could think of either from the Bible or from your own uh, uh, life as a pastor where you could think of the story and you go, this story is always so memorable. It's such a good teaching moment. Can you think of a good core story from your career as a pastor? Oh, from my career as a pastor. I thought we were going Bible story. You can go Bible story, career as a pastor. I want a story that's going to be stuck in my head for the next year. Okay. So we were starting our church, and um, part of our core story was that we had no money, and we wanted to market, and we did what we could. We could have stayed loyal to that brand. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> right. So uh, we had no money, and we, or I should say very little money, and our budget was very, very small. So I remember that we went out, and we spent all of the money that we had in the budget, and we bought a sign. And we put it up on our building, and it was a very itty-bitty sign because we had an itty-bitty budget. And um, that day, we um, were going to the church, and my husband got a, uh, was driving past our church building. And so we just put this sign up, and we were downtown. We were kind of in the thick of it where all the clubs were, and we were in an old bar. We were kind of like, you know, in the mix of it, and we were so pumped about our new sign. Everybody was going to see this new sign, even though it was a little I bitty. I saw the sign. Yeah. And so so we get there, and downtown has decided to start a new campaign that would ultimately change our city but it changed our life that day it was called discover downtown come on now everywhere downtown they had put up these gigantic signs on light poles now right in front of our church there was a light pole and it had this discover downtown sign on it and that discover downtown sign was big enough that it blocked out our itty bitty sign (laughs) and my husband didn't say anything he didn't pray didn't ask god he just said I hate that sign. I wish it was gone. And we come around the corner, go in the side door. By the time we walk in the building, we come for it. Some of the people in our building were cleaning the floors, and they said, you got to come out here. You got to come out here quick. A U-Haul had come around the corner, gone up onto the curb, knocked that sign down, and it was in the street. Hit the light pole. Hit the light pole. The Discover Downtown sign was down. Our sign was still up. My husband stood over it and he said, and he's always told us this, that when he looked at it, God spoke to his heart and said, I'll move heaven and earth for River City Church. That's a part of our story. It's like our thing. It's what he's done. But people share that story. They know that story. They know it. They tell it. Yep. But people, they do. If they're a part of our church, that's a core value. So I'm going to read you a story from uh, page 160 of the book called In and Out Burger, and then I want to get Aaron Aaron Antis's take on this because Shaw Homes has a history. You guys have been doing things the right way. That's why you're the largest home builder in Oklahoma. You have a core story there. This is on page 160, and I'm going to read this to you. I read it to you tonight, nice and slow, uh, but that way you, you you get the idea here. Not long after Rich announced his deep commitment to Christianity, he had Bible verses printed on In and Out's packaging. Discreetly tucked inside the rim of the bottom of the soda pop cups, it said, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Shortly thereafter, only verses cropped up unannounced on milkshake cups. Proverbs 3.5, Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart. Hamburger and cheeseburger wrappers. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And on double-double wrappers, Nahum 1.7, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. Well, then on page 160 of this book, he's interviewed in the New York Times. He's interviewed in the L.A. Times. They're interviewing him saying, dude, 
you're in L.A. You're advert. You're putting Bible verses on your cups. Aren't you worried about what it's going to do to your business? And he says, I love this. He says, my love of Jesus is greater than my fear of what people will say. So let's just say that you say, I'm not a Christian. I don't care. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It's okay. Fine. But what, the thing is, what is your fear of success? Is your fear of success bigger than your desire for success? I mean, so I would just ask you, like, what's standing in the way of you putting yourself out there with a core story? So, Aaron Antis, what is the the Shaw core story? What do you guys do differently from the other builders all around Oklahoma? So we've got a couple different things. We've got product that's different. We have the largest selection of floor plans of any builder in Oklahoma. That's offensive. Yeah, I know. Okay. But we also have the largest group of uh, neighborhoods to choose from of any other builder. We've got 26 communities we build in. Because you're a sellout. Yeah, exactly. You don't even care about one neighborhood. We're land hogs. That's land what hogs. we call ourselves. Yeah. We, we never saw a piece of land we didn't want to purchase. So... It's just total global domination. But, uh, yeah, and so we've we've got some interesting stories, though, about Shaw Homes, and, and we don't necessarily share these out loud too oh, often, really? Really? but I will share one of them with you that nice. is very interesting. Do so tell. We had a neighborhood a few years back. If you remember in 2008, there's the whole mortgage meltdown is going on. The economy's down globally, and we have this neighborhood that's moving very, very slow, slow. and we keep getting our staff coming to us saying, everybody wants you to change the covenants in this neighborhood, which are the promises you made to your customers who already bought in the neighborhood about what you would do in the neighborhood. So the economy's slow. Your yes. staff is coming to you saying, hey, let's just change the covenants and this will help us sell more houses. And exactly. we come back, I want to hear the rest of the story because this story is powerful, it's profound, and it speaks to the character of Shaw Homes, one of the one of the longest running, most established, and the largest home builder in Oklahoma. Check him out today at shawhomes.com. Is that correct? Shawhomes.com? That is correct. And we come back, you will hear the rest of the story. Attend the world's best business workshop led by America's number one business coach for free by subscribing on iTunes and leaving us an objective review. Claim your tickets by emailing us proof that you did it and your contact information to info at drivetimeshow.com. We're talking about the importance of developing a core story for your business. And we have the privilege today of being joined with, uh, what's your official title with Shaw Homes, Mr. Aaron Antis? Are you the, the guru of sales? I mean, what's your title? Director of Sales and Marketing. And you must be doing something right because the company is the largest home builder uh, in Oklahoma. Your brother uh, serves the role, I believe, as the CEO. Is that correct? Correct. Which means he just you know, takes all the glory. But really, you're the one marketing. You're bringing in the bacon, baby. You're bringing in the fish. So you market the business. You market Shaw Homes. Uh, two people in my office. I'll tell you this. We have two people in my office. We've worked with, with Shaw Homes the last year or so. And there's two people in my office that after working with you, close. This is what happens in my office. When we work with clients close, I'm going to tell you what happens. Typically, the guys in my office, they'll say, there is no way that I would ever hire that plumber because he openly admits that this is what, this is what we, had a, we had a plumber years ago. He came in and he says, here's the deal, guys. He says it to Devin and John. He goes, I have a problem with like, I'm getting bad reviews. Could you help me fix them? And so John and Devin are very sincere. They're like, yeah, I'll ask Clay when he comes in. 
So they, they she says, I got a problem with reviews. And I said, well, d- why do you get these bad reviews? Do you know these people? He goes, absolutely. And I said, so did you, did you not show up? Like, I mean, were you late? He goes, well, I'm always a little bit late, but I struggle with time management. I'm like, okay, did you, did you promise somebody you'd get it done and you didn't get it done, you know? Well, yeah, but I mean, I said, this is my favorite. I said, your no-brainer is if you don't complete the remodel on time, you'll give people a refund of $250 per day you're late. Were you late? Absolutely. Did you refund them? No, because I don't make any money if I do that. So over time, you discover that like your reputation is based upon what you do. And so being, being that we've seen Shaw Homes and the way you operate, not just on the marketing side, but on the fulfillment side for over a year, the story in the office was, these are good people. And I'm, I'm not sure um, if she, I won't mention her name on the, on the radio show, if she's going to decide to lease a property from you or not. But I know there's two he's, both Devin and John, that are looking to buy a home. I think John closes here in just a couple days. Yeah, yeah. He week. bought a Shaw home after working with you for over a year. That's a testament right there. I mean, yeah. we, we worked with other builders. We've actually worked with uh, close to a half dozen builders in Oklahoma. And I can tell you, you're the only ones I would buy a house from. So you guys do should do some things right. And I think one story that demonstrates what you guys do at Shaw Homes, we're talking about developing a core story, is the story you're about to tell. I'm excited. Give us the story, Daddy. Yeah. So Sorry to call you Daddy. It's just something I've been doing a lot when no you're not wor- around. No worries. I am just a couple years older than you. So sure. Not technically You is so nice. I love you, Dostoid. Uh, anyway, so we had this neighborhood. This was during the downturn in 2008, and we had this neighborhood that was just really struggling. And so our salespeople are coming to us saying, you know, if you would just change the covenants of the neighborhood, you know, that list of stuff you promise people you're going to do when you build a neighborhood, if you just go back on a couple things in there, it'd be awesome because we could start selling a lot of homes because everybody's objecting to this one covenant. So Mr. Shaw, I go to him and I say, you know, our staff says we've got like 15 people signed up if we'll just change this one covenant. And he says, well, what about the people that already live there that we've already promised these things to? We need to go talk to them first. If they're okay with it, I don't have a problem with it. But if even one person out of the 28 people that live there right now are opposed to it, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it because why? Because it just wouldn't be right. You got to do the right thing but even we're in a, when nobody's looking. We're in a feels-good world, man. I mean, think about this. There are there are people out there, none of our listeners, of course, uh, just people that I'm friends with. I mean, our list, I mean, our <laughs> friends wouldn't listen to this show. But I remember a specific guy. I talked to a guy I went to school with, and he says, here's the deal. Uh, my marriage, you know, isn't working out. I said, okay, what's going on? He says, well, I got this girl in the office, and she just really communicates with me better. I feel like she understands me. And I... And I Nope, no exaggeration. Five kids he has. Five. Wow. Five kids. I have five kids. And I said, Very busy. dude, dude, you can't, uh, no, no. And he's like, I'm just telling you, but she listens to me. She listens to me. And again, in a world where there's no moral guardrails, why not? Right. Why not? I mean, why not? You know, and I said, dude, your kids, think about the ramifications to your kids. Forget the religious consequences. I know you don't share the same values as me, but he, he went ahead and made the move. His kids are in therapy. True story. A lot of tough things are going on right there. And I just find that Proverbs 10.4 uh, from the Bible, since we have pastors on the show, said God blesses the diligent, which means that the diligent is the steady, consistent application of effort. So, Pastor Brian, you see it over time that it's like the vengeance of the Lord. You don't want to screw with that, you know, because it seems like God always makes it right in the end. Well, the, the, the fear of the Lord 
which is a reverential respect. It's I'm, not a twisted fear. I'm right? very afraid. I, yeah. I'm sorry. He's in charge. The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And uh, knowing that, that you have to, there are systems that govern the world. And there are eternal principles and laws. And when you mess with those laws, there will be consequences. And that's why Glenn Shaw's the kind of man he is. He was raised hearing those kind of things. I'll tell you how you find out what kind of guy you're dealing with is you play multiple rounds of golf with them. And I oh, played. It'll tell you a lot. Yeah, it'll tell you a lot, won't it? And I played multiple rounds of golf with Glenn <laughs> Shaw. And uh, I think I beat him last time. I just want to throw that in there. But here's the deal Shaw will not cut a shot, Shaw will not, uh, he's not going to kick a ball. He's going to play it where it lies. He's a man of honor and integrity. For people that aren't it. into golf or don't understand this analogy, I was having breakfast the other day with uh, Steve Currington. It was so it was so funny. I said, what do you think about basketball? He says, it's a game of cheats and liars. And I love basketball. And I said, "Would you well, come on. And he goes, listen, <laughs> did you, have you ever tried to sell a foul? Like, you weren't fouled, but you tried to fake fall. And I'm like, absolutely. We had practices based upon this. He's like, so you had practices based upon lying? Like, you're teaching kids to pretend like they were fouled? He's like... If you miss a shot, you're like, oh, 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 you fall and you make that face like, oh, oh. oh yeah. And he's yeah. like, now in golf, you're considered a high integrity person if you don't ever do that. And he's like, furthermore, like golf is a sport where now in professional golf, fans can, if they see somebody like cheating or whatever, they can like, I guess, I guess you can tell the PGA now like, hey, I saw this happen. And, and they're like, now in basketball. If fans were, were encouraged to tell the refs what really happened. There would be an endless dialogue. Uh, we'd never get through a game. Think about this: LeBron James is like six foot nine, arguably six foot ten, like two sixty. Under no circumstance would he ever fall down, ever. Yeah. I mean, he's getting hit by a little small guy. And he's like, oh, 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 which is, oh. it's like so who watch soccer. I mean, oh, soccer's yeah. all about this. Oh. People like these fake injuries everywhere. I mean, it's unbelievable. So I would just say, people are watching. But sometimes not that immediate, that immediate. But Shaw's been doing, how long has Shaw been in business, my friend? 35 years. So if I'm listening right now and I say, okay, okay, okay. I'm thinking about buying a house. Actually, I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to, I heard interest rates are going up. You know, they're going up. Why? Because, you know, you can't keep interest rates super low or inflation happens. What's inflation? Inflation is where the government prints more and more currency. They're pouring more and more water into our currency Kool-Aid, thus diluting the value of money. I don't understand what this means at all. What it means is that yogurts were four for a dollar in 1999. That was hot. Remember that? 1999. People had CDs. You'd buy CDs. You get four, uh, you get four yogurts for a dollar. You bought compact discs. Remember when the world was whole? When people would have, you had a, your rich friend who had a cell phone and it Ooh, was like attached to like a military backpack. Oh yeah, that was. I mean, that was a great time in American history. Now they're like seventy-five cents. They're a dollar a piece. I mean, some places don't even act like they're trying to be a good value. They're like it's a buck twenty-nine for a Chobani. I mean, of course you're going to live longer because you, you're going to be super skinny because you eat like one Chobani a month because that's all you can afford. <laughs> I mean, so again, I'm just telling you, the government has to stop inflation because we're spending more than we're bringing in. So you're going to see rates go up. Is this not, Aaron, are you, are you not seeing rates trickle yeah. up here? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're seeing a slight uptick, but historically rates are actually incredibly low. When but I, I mean, now's the time to do it. It absolutely is. You, you want to do it before it keeps going up because... There's one thing I'm sure of this next year, it's going to keep going up. So it's you know better to get it before that rate goes up. So. Uh, if you're uh, a familiar with uh, Jimmy Carter or just let's say 1976, this might be something to put into your cranium. 
Interest rates in 1976, and I know this because I have a psychological problem. Interest rates in 1976, when my mom and dad bought a house, it was north of 10%. Oh, yeah. 12%. Yeah. It got higher, didn't it? Yeah, it kept going up and up and up and up. And so we have, what are the rates right now? I mean, roughly. I'm not quoting. Four, four and a quarter. Yeah, just Four buy, and a half. If you're thinking about buying a house, just at least, get, go, how, how do I get a hold of you? Do you have a website? Or are you, you still? Bet. Yeah, you can just go on to shawhomes.com, and when you get there, there's actually a little form you can fill out to book a model home tour. Just give you give us your contact information. You can join one of our three weekly model home tours. I'm so, when you said your website. I'm sorry. I was I was thinking you about know. the story that Jesse was sharing. It was still resonating in my head. I, I have no idea what you just said. What was your website again? There. I'm sorry. I was, it was shawhomes.com. Shawhomes.com. You got. It. How do you spell that? Am I assuming that my S H A W H O M E S dot com. Still not sold. What's that? Uh, what it address? is shawhomes.com. Okay, I feel like I get it. Quit repeating yourself. All right, I okay. will. When Shaw we come Holmes, back, we're going to... <laughs> when we come back, we're talking more about how to grow a church, how to grow an organization, how to find and keep great people. Stay tuned.